So, you want to be a contractor. Ever wonder what it takes to become a contractor? The journey they go on to get where they are now, or the crazy things they see and hear on the job site? Well, you're in the right spot. Welcome to So You Want to Be a Contractor, the podcast. Join your host, Mike Fisher, as he talks to owners of construction companies from all over about how they got started, how they run their business, and some of the craziest stories they've experienced on their job sites. And now, your host, Mike Fisher. Welcome to So You Want to Be a Contractor. This is episode number 32. My name is Mike Fisher, and uh, my co-host, who is still here, I'll let her introduce herself. Hello, I am Maricela Arechiga. Try and say that three times. I still can't um, And you win a prize with the new generation home improvement. <laughs> One day, Mike, you'll get it. Yep. And this is, uh, I'm still here. Uh, Mike yes. hasn't fired me yet. I'm, I'm really, thank you, Mike. Thank you. Oh, it's, it's been great. Um, and our, <laughs> our guest today, Rob Brinzer, uh, president at Trident Electric Service. How are you doing, Rob? Doing well. How about you? Good, good. Um, he just informed us offline before we started that it's a little warmer up there than, than anywhere else in the state. What did you say, like 115 today? About that, yeah, yeah, hot yeah, day. So stay yeah, inside. California has been on like day fifty nine thousand of a heat wave. It's it's yeah. no longer flag. We give up. White flag <laughs> is being waved. Like we need we need cooler days. And yeah. Robert, you take the cake at one hundred and fifteen degrees up in outside of Sacramento. I am so sorry for you. No, it's okay. Yeah, glad yeah. we can pull you inside and keep you in the air conditioning for for an hour or so. Yeah, yeah. Really cool. So yeah. let's let's get this rolling. How, yeah. What's what's your story, Rob? How did how did you get into this industry? How did you get to where you are now as as president of uh, this big electrical company? You know, yeah. I, what do you do? Yeah, you know, my my uh, wife asked me that too. Um, <laughs> no, you know, it's 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 not a typical story. Um, and by by, by by any means, right? So I um I went to the Naval Academy right after. After high school, um, graduated, and I spent uh, five years in the SEAL teams as an officer. Wow! Thank you for your um, service, man. Can yeah, we just thanks. park right there? Can we just yeah, park just right there for the for rest second. of the time? Yeah. yeah. You <laughs> went to the Naval Academy and you were a SEAL for a period of time. Yes. Ooh, I, I want to know everything. I want right. to like. We're not talking about contractor <laughs> stuff. That's <laughs> freaking awesome. It was. It was good. Um, Good year. I got to, I got to work with and for a lot of uh, amazing individuals, uh, and so that's uh, that was an experience that uh, yeah I'll, I'll keep close for the rest of my life. Um, but Rob, uh, with this, yeah. when was the military something that you wanted that you had hoped for growing up? With like I'm gonna I'm gonna go into the military. This is it, something it, that speaks to me. It was yeah. It was something that I was a kind of a lifelong goal ever since I was a young kid. Um, so it was really satisfying to actually see it, you know, come to fruition. Um, How did the SEAL thing happen? Was like, was it, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL or I'm going to be in the military? Uh, both. I, I kind of wanted to be in the military and, and uh, serve in the SEAL teams. Um, so it was it just, uh, I mean, I guess it's probably a good example of setting long-term goals and then figuring out what smoke. you need to do to it, to achieve them um, and, and uh, you know, kind of working at that for many years. Um, and a little bit of luck and good fortune along the way as well. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. How long did you serve for? Uh, five years active duty. Okay. Well, but yeah. thank you for your service. Yeah, I'm so glad to know you. It was, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but you know, I kind of made the decision. I wanted to have a family and you know, you're gone a lot and you're, um, 
gone a lot, right? And it's uh, very, very high op tempo. And and I wanted to have kids, but I didn't want to. I wanted to be around uh, when yeah. uh, my, my kids were born and take their first steps and be able to coach little league and you know be in Boy Scouts with them, a Girl Scout, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, so that was kind of an easy decision at that point to let's get out, you know, start a family. Um, so I, I started working for General Electric and I spent 13 years working at GE. Um, mm-hmm. and had a variety of, of jobs there. So, uh, my first job was a, a field service manager for their, in their industrial division for, uh, GE appliances. So I was managing all the, uh, all the guys that uh, did the NL appliance repair business in, uh, Northern California. So the Bay area, SAC, Fresno, and then up in Nevada as well. Um, Rob, can I pause for yeah. a second? Can I, can I hold you for a second here? Because Please. take me to the place in your life where you were coming off of active duty, like this was a long-term goal for you as, as a child into adolescence. I'm going to be in the military and I'm going to be, you know, a Navy SEAL. And then you come off of that for another long-term goal of having a family. But there's yeah. this gap, right, between being in the military, you know, working for the government to like trying to figure out what do I want to do for the rest of my life? How did you cross that bridge? <laughs> How did you fill that gap? You know, it was... Um... It was difficult, right? Because I mean, there's a, you got to get your ego under control in the sense that, hold on, I'm going from being a SEAL officer to managing appliance repair business. Um, and that was <laughs> not, it's a little different. I was going to say, it, not it was, quite the high different. stress, yeah, high leverage uh, decisions being made there, huh? Uh, agreed. And, you know, it, it was from that perspective, from the stress and the every, everything like that, it was, it was uh, definitely a step down. Um, in terms of level of difficulty, but I mean, I just saw it as kind of a, a new challenge, right? It was, uh, it had a lot to learn, uh, a ton to learn. Um, the leadership came naturally to me, I think based off of my leadership experience at school and in, in the teams, but, uh, you know, learning about the business world, um, and learning how to run a service business and, and deliver service, um, was, a was a big challenge. Um, and mm-hmm. we were stretched to, I mean, 85 hundred direct reports over five areas, right? That, that was, that was, uh, yes. that was a lot, yes. but it was, it was, you know, it was fun. And I, I jumped into it and, um, I think it did pretty well. I still have a lot of good relationships with a lot of the people I work with or, or managed during that time. Um, so I did that for about seven years. Um, and then, uh, moved over to GE healthcare, um, was a service director Had about 30 or 40 engineers that, uh, interacted with hospitals and installed and maintained all their diagnostic imaging equipment. So MRs and CTs, stuff like that. Uh, so that was great because instead of business to consumer, I was more of a business to business, um, was able to start interacting a lot with the customers. Um, and that led to sales role at GE being a national sales director. So selling service contracts and, uh, the like to a lot of national accounts. Um, and that kind of rounded out my career at GE. I did about 13 years there and was able to do field leadership and operations, uh, manage different P&Ls. Um, and then I got some sales experience. Um, and then I got a, a did call you, from- Do you think oh, you ahead. stepped, going to the very beginning of that, I mean, it sounds like you stepped into a leadership role. Was that on purpose because of your, your history and the teams and, and what you'd done in the military? It, it you was. You were able it, you to know, kind of step into that position? Yeah, and that took me a, a while to figure out. Um, you know, cause you, you start to leave the teams. You think, well, what are my transferable skills? Um, uh-huh. majority of my skills have no application in the business world. Um, uh-huh. but the biggest well, the transferable tangible ones, right? The, the right? tangible yeah. skills don't, right. But I, I feel like a they, lot of the don't. other ones do. Yeah, they do. Um, it's just as a, uh, 
got this 25 year old or something like that, 27 year old. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't, uh, didn't really make that connection at, at the start. Um, yeah. but yeah, leadership. Right. And, uh, you know, there's a, another podcast I listen to a lot, uh, Jocko and, you know, one of his comments is, uh, every problem is a leadership problem. And that man, that's not spot on hundred percent. Right. That um, cuts deep, huh? Every does. problem is a leadership problem. Yeah. 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 It, to be clear, um, I cannot take any credit for that quote. I'm merely par uh, just parroting well, what somebody else has said. That's, that's, I'm but writing that down because that's probably going to be your answer for something I have later on. <laughs> um, Rob, really, so as before you finish that, that thought, but if you could go back and tell your 25 year old self or, or, or the 25 year old veteran that's coming out of the military, how to cross that bridge? You know, you got into GE, an incredible company, a Fortune 500 company, it's enormous scale, lots of different opportunities. But how, how would your 25-year-old self, how would you tell him to make those transferable skills? How do they cross that bridge? You know, I think that's something that the, the military has really come a, a long way on. Um, when I got out, it was almost like, thanks, see you, have a good time. Um, mm. And I'm I, you know, educated, smart guy, and I was able to kind of figure out my own way. Um, but there's a lot of junior enlisted uh, folks who get out of the military and it's a big unknown, right? You don't know anything about healthcare. Um, you don't know anything about, you know, how the, how the business world works. Uh, and especially if you're moving to a state like California and you're getting the business world, there's a lot of regulations to, to, to yeah. do. Um, and I, from what I understand, the military is doing uh, a lot better job of prepping young sailors and soldiers and Marines and airmen to, uh, make that, make that transition. Um, I know one of the guys I, I, I served with, John McCaskill, has uh, really spent a lot of his time and career helping guys like that. Um, has have some of my classmates at school. Um, so I don't know. I, I think, I don't know that I change anything. Um, mm. I mean, I just kind of figured it out myself. Um, and I look, look back, because I got into the trades right when I got out of GE. Um, so mm. I was up 15 years. Um, part of me thinks I wish I would have gotten into the trades a lot sooner. Um, cause mm. I absolutely love it. Um, and like being involved in the, the construction service industries. Um, but my time at GE taught me a lot about processes, management versus leadership. Um, a lot of the operational rigor. Um, I got sales experience, um, got my MBA working at, at GE. Um, and, and so. Yeah, I really don't think I would change anything. Well, there's a there's a structure too, right? To some of those larger companies, right? There's 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 a there there's a back office structure and a and, mm -hmm. a and a backbone to a lot of those larger companies that yeah, if you have an experience to like you you don't know what what it takes to go from having two or three employees in a couple of trucks and and you know fix up a few few uh, electrical boxes here and there to go into you know something where you can scale and actually you know take over a region and 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 scale to that level there's there's experience there for sure absolutely yeah. right because when i left ge and i went to work for coolsys uh private equity backed uh commercial refrigeration and hvac company um i ended up with uh, about a 75 million dollar PL and a few hundred cool. service techs in the field and then <laughs> some business centers and everything like that um so then when i decided to start my own business i i have in my head a vision of where i want to get <laughs> mm -hmm. to um 
and the structure that I want. And now it's a matter yeah. of, you know, kind of charting the the journey to, to get there versus I think if I had just gone into the, the trades and started the business right out of the Navy, as an example, um, yeah. I wouldn't have that experience of knowing what the structure is and, and right. what I want that end, that end state to look like. You may, you may have been able to get there, but again, you don't know what it looks like when you yeah. get there. So you don't even, you, yeah. you, it's like looking for something that you don't know exists, right? You don't, yeah, right. You don't exactly. know what it looks like. Yeah. Right. And there's how a lot about, been, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, how hard has it been to be patient, right? To going from <laughs> one of those big companies and you see how it runs and you know what it can be to starting on your own and know, knowing that you can't go from zero to that, you know, in any short period of time. You know, the, the patience hasn't been the hard part because we have grown so much faster than I expected and planned for. I planned for a lot of aggressive growth and all the forecasts, at, uh, all the performance that we built. Um, but we've we've grown three to four times as fast as I thought we were going to, even with the aggressive plan. Um, the, the most difficult part would be, <sighs> I, I think, um, you know, you, you need to buy something at a, at a company. Hey, I need a new pair of work boots or hey we need to invest in this equipment or that equipment yeah sure let's do it and now at that start it's like hold on let's see how much that costs right. and look at the yeah. cash flow and i mean you have to be a lot more fiscally conservative um yeah when you're when you're uh running a, a small business right that first priority Rockably. is always payroll each week make sure make sure you can right. pay for sure right 100 can you can you can you take me a step back though can you yeah. tell me a little bit more about what you do um like what's your are you commercial? Are you residential? Are you sliced in the middle? Like what, what is your company? Uh, what do you guys do? Who do you serve? Yeah. Yeah. The answer is yes. Um, <laughs> so we, we, we started off with residential service. Um, and the, how many the, years we, ago? Uh, May 2nd. What? Of May 2nd year? of this year. This year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we just broke the four, we just broke the four months barrier. <laughs> you did it yeah that's awesome may 2nd yeah all right yeah all right so you're you're in your infancy stage we are but i'll tell you it's four months we're up to uh like 16 or 17 electricians um got uh got an office manager got uh, a field estimator um that's out there gonna a, a foreman who's helping me in the office um we're moving shops in the next uh two to three weeks uh so it's, it's, it's grown quickly. Um, what do you, what do you contribute that to? How, how do you open your doors May 2nd? And like, you've experienced all of this onboarding and growth, like what's, what's happening? Is it just because the market's so hot in construction right now, or oh, you just have a reputation? What is it? I, I think it, it's, I don't think there's one single answer to that, right? You know, we, when we started, I, I made the plans in, in March, um, and uh, you know, all that paperwork for the SBA loan, working with a lawyer to get everything structured. Um, one of the things I did was um, hired a, uh, a marketing company, um, the, a, a local company that was recommended to me, um, Walwick Communications, and they have been outstanding. So there's their, their little sure. plug. Uh, but they help in terms of branding. Um, yeah. They help in terms of a, a marketing plan um, of how we're going to get the name out there. Uh, Google has been tremendous. We got onto the, the Google Verified uh, customers, mm -hmm. right. The local businesses, um, mm -hmm. which was really neat, you know, within a few weeks of starting, you can Google electrician in any of the cities, um, Sacramento electrician, Elk Grove electrician, El Dorado Hills, Roseville, any of the companies or the, the 
sorry, the, the cities that we service, and we pop first in Google. How? What? What? They did a great SEO. job setting it, setting it up, uh, search engine optimization, um, everything like that. I mean, there's a cost to it. Um, of course, I mean, you're, you're paying per click and for all that kind of stuff. But um, right, so I hired that first guy on May second, and it was um, you know that I thought that that was keeping me up at night. Right, I'm going to hire this guy. Am I going to have enough? Now you're responsible to feed his family. I am. What a roof over his head. Yes. And I even wrote, I even wrote to his offer letter that for the first eight weeks, I'd guarantee him 40 hours pay a week. Um, Just because I knew he was taking a risk with me. uh, And I wanted to make sure that I provided him some stability. And, you know, that first week we had like four calls come in, which is not going to pay the bills. Um, Yeah. Pretty stressful. But, you know, every single one, we, we just jumped on it. But, by the end of three weeks, we were getting um, 30 to 40 calls a week and we were booking most of them um, and we had to start hiring. Um, and so we started hiring additional service guys, got two guys, three guys, four guys, um, found that I couldn't do anything because I was answering the phone all day. So I hired an office manager. Um, so she and her role was expanded to, um, uh, I mean, her, her job description is also kind of like, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Need help, all, need all things with, yeah. Yes. 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 Answer the phone, everything like that. And Keep the refrigerator stocked. Everything, yeah. man. Yes. Yes. And, yeah. and she's done a tremendous job. Um, and so we had an office manager and, and four electricians and then, um, realized I needed some additional help. Um, so I hired uh, a foreman, uh, cause he was helping me pull the permits, um, that technical expertise, saw bigger jobs that, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Then we started getting calls coming in for solar. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the guys, that very first guy that I hired had several years of solar experience, negotiated a contract with someone. And, you know, we're one of the installers for a, a big, a big company that does a lot of solar. So now we got a crew of solar guys out doing, uh, I'd say about two, two jobs a week. Um, had a call in for uh so you have a crew now that just does the solar yep. installation yeah i call this i yeah we're we're gonna kind of brand it as our energy solutions division because they do mm-hmm. solar battery backups generator installs dude you have two divisions already yeah three because we got solar <laughs> have- uh I, I say division and honestly if we're gonna use military parlance it should be like squad uh <laughs> right you let's know. stay there but we're, like we're, we're gonna go with Love division it. So we got yeah. guys doing uh, energy solutions, um, and then we have construction slash install. So we've done a uh, new home construction. Um, we're in the middle of uh, 32 lighting retrofits. That's night work, um, doing uh-huh. all the, the kinder cares in Northern California. Um, and then we got our service team. Uh, and then I got a, an estimator that I'm working with and we're starting to crank it. We got, uh, no joke, we got about 32 bids in the backlog that um, we are cranking out estimates for and, and trying to get those out to customers um, for construction work. Um, and right now we're rolling with uh, about five guys in service. So can I just insert a shameless little plug real quick? Yeah. Because I have to imagine your insurance guy hates you right now. I just talked to him yesterday. I'm like, hey, I was doing some reading. We're starting to do solar. Do I need, I yeah. need another job code for work comp <laughs> yeah. for that? He's like, yeah. Oh, shit. Yep. Yeah. So no, that's, yeah, we're. This is, it's, that's what I do every day. And so knowing, just hearing all these things, I'm going, oh gosh, oh God, oh God, oh no. Yeah, yeah we even had the conversation yesterday. I'm like, I'm looking here and I got like 5140s and 5190s for, it's you know, inside electricians. Yep. But that I'm seeing here for underground. So if I get a guy that's laying some underground conduit, 
do I need to get another job code and then start to cost allocate the hours? And, and you know, when I do the workers comp every week and he's like, you know, if their main job is residential, you're probably okay with that. And, uh, he's probably going to kick me for, you know, talking about this on here. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's, it gets complicated with the insurance and the that's incidental call. work. You're fine. It's incidental yeah. to the electrical. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Not that we want to talk um, about insurance. Let's stop now because yeah, I mean, that's just so yeah, sexy, Mike. Thank you so <laughs> much for taking yeah. it to insurance. Yeah. Um, Somebody just logged off the podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Rob, I, I want to know. So you go to GE, you work for some pretty big outfits. And then yeah. this year you're like, I'm doing my own company. What made you want your own company? Was was that always a part of the long-term plan? Like, I, I'm already picking up on a trend of yours. You're a long-term thinker. Was, like, yeah. having your own electrical company a part of your long-term plan? It was not. Um, Why? Why did you do it? Um, Why would you do this? So, in California. In, in California, Cal of all places. Um, you know, I saw a gap in the market. In October of last year, uh, my family and I, we moved from Sacramento to El Dorado Hills and we needed some electrical work done in the house. Something came up and it was an emergency. And I called, I, I Googled, uh, you know, electrician El Dorado Hills and I got like 16 hits and I called through all 16 and nobody picked up the phone. Um, I left messages for the ones that I could and never got a call back. Um, the one that I, that did answer the phone, uh, you know, just picking me. He's like, yeah, I'm busy. I'll call you back. Never got a call back. Um, it's like, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, that I can't even get a call back for an emergency. Um, so I did, did a lot of research on it just cause it intrigued me and found that the majority of residential electrical service providers are sole proprietors. Um, you know, it's a mm -hmm. dude in a truck with a C10 license. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I was like, you know, I could do way better than that. Um, yeah. Because I know how to run a service business and set up a call center and um, set up the right CRM and take appointments and book them and dispatch effectively uh, and run that service business, right? Um, so that got me thinking. And then, you know, the company I worked for, Cool Assist, they did some restructuring in December. Um, and having only been there for three years, um, I found myself uh, for the first time unemployed. Um, my first option was, of course, let me bite. You know, I got a good resume. I interview well. Mm -hmm. Let me find another job. And uh, mm -hmm. by three three months in, I'm like, okay, I've applied to like 150 jobs and I've interviewed a ton, and I'm not getting, I'm not getting any offers. Um, mm -hmm. and, and Which it's, is it's wild very, because it is wild. And it is. It, the process, that doesn't make any the, sense. The you think you're overqualified? Do you think people are intimidated looking at your resume and your history in the military? And I don't yeah, know. This if dude it, said Navy SEAL. This I don't dude know if said Navy SEAL. I don't think intimidate is the right word. I think that I don't fit a standard pedigree. And right, I think there comes uh, a little bit of risk of that. It's like, okay, we could we could go the safe route and pick a guy that's been, you know, a, a service tech and then a project manager and you know, so on and so forth. Or we can take this, you know, this wild card has got a very uh, zigzagging career path. Um I think that was probably, you know, a little bit of risk aversion. Um, mm -hmm. That's my best guess. But I mean, I, I mean, if I'm if I'm speaking as a whole, right, in a in a, in a world or in a in a state where uh, labor's at a premium right now, right? I mean, I feel like beggars can't be choosers, in my personal opinion, right? Like, I would think so. It's I I all I'm hearing you guys is that it was destiny. Yeah. Like, I, well, like yeah. the world, the, the universe, God was telling you something by those 
by, by that not happening. And then you decide to take the leap, get yourself mounted on a lion and like yeah. it just starts to click. The phone starts to ring. Things start to it, happen. That was destiny. It, it, I, I, yeah, you could, you could put it that way. I mean, it, 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 it seems to fit me pretty well because I think I have kind of an entrepreneurial, uh, attitude. Um, and so to be able to completely call the shots and look at opportunities and just simply make decisions, you don't have to take it to committee. Um, yeah. I have, you know, not, I, I got to say, not having built a single PowerPoint presentation in the year 2022 um, feels <laughs> wonderful. Right? It, it, it really does. Um, you know, and, and if we do a job and say we're not as profitable on a, a certain job that we want it to be, I'm able to look at the numbers, talk to the guys, figure out why and, and fix it. What I don't have yeah. to do is then figure out what's the talk track to the people that I work for. And, mm -hmm. you know, exert a lot of energy and effort to trying to yeah. spin a story so they keep their confidence in me and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, yes. Yeah. So it's, it's kind Just of refreshing. Fix the problem. Just yeah. fix the problem. Yeah. Fix the That's problem it. and, and, yeah. and move on. Yeah. So we really dispensed with a lot of the, uh, there's a lot of great things about a corporate business in terms of the structure yeah. and the process and the resources. Um, but there's a lot of. Mundane. extraneous work that comes along yeah. with yeah. that. They're like, man, if I just didn't have to worry about this, it could be so much more productive. And, and so right. that's kind of where we're at right now, which is nice. Yeah. So take what us inside, I mean, the, inside the conversation with your wife and family when you decided <laughs> to take that jump. Yeah. After being, unemployed for, Ooh, after being unemployed for three weeks or three months, you go to your wife and family and say, uh, we're just going to do this on our own. Let's, um, let's go through that conversation. Tell me, take us there. Well, yeah. you know, we moved from Sacramento to El Dorado Hills and that resulted in a big change in the mortgage payments. Um, cost of living is certainly not uh, getting any cheaper, um, especially in California. Um, and we got four kids, uh, 12, 10, Oof. eight, and three. Um, so there's a lot of responsibility there as, as well. Um, so it's been busy. And yeah, my, my wife is, is really. Uh, I'm taking deep breaths for your wife yeah, right now. Yeah. Like well, I'm taking yeah, deep breaths for your wife. She's, she has stepped up uh, big time um, in, in terms of a, a lot of the stuff at home and, and handling that. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure I can adequately express my appreciation for that for sure. Um, so it's been, it's been stressful, um, and there, you know, just been a, a lot going on and, um, you know, the, the kids, they, they like coming to the shop. Um, and it's kind of fun for them. Um, they got some tried on electric hats and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And my oldest boy likes to, you know, work in the shop. And one of the guys That's is trying awesome. to teach him how to bend conduit. And, um, you know, he's, he calls himself the warehouse supervisor and likes to help organize all the, <laughs> the materials and stuff like that in there. Um, which is fun. Um, and you know, I think, honestly, I think my wife was pretty skeptical at the start. Um, yeah. I was going to say, I, I want to know what her first words were. So you, you I mean, obviously. I'll tell you, you my together, first words, you go. Did you, did you, did you put together a PowerPoint? Did you put together a presentation or was it, I mean. I, I definitely made a sales pitch. Um, okay. it wasn't, it was not, uh, Love that. not PowerPoint. Love that. Um, it was, you know, kind of showing her the, the business plan and the performance right, right. and talking her through everything and, and the plans. Um. And she said, that's great, but I still want you to look for a real job. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And yeah. I don't, I don't blame her in the least bit. Right. For I sure. Mean, there's, there's something to be that's said so for honest. The, the stability. There's something to be said yeah. for the stability of a yep. corporate job. Yeah. Um, yep. And you know, the first uh, few months, I mean, there was, you know, I wasn't pulling a paycheck because I didn't think the business could support it. 
Um, and I am now, which is Money. good. So good. It's, it's certainly not the same yep. paycheck that I was pulling a year ago. It won't um, be for a little while. It's no, okay. Not, not for a little while, but we're, we're, we're getting there and the business is growing and, and the cash flow is, is positive. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think, I think we've got, gotten over the, uh, you got a lot of hurdles when, when you, when you start out, right. A lot of capital investment, a lot of infrastructure investment. For sure. Um, and so you see some, some good cash come in and then any another vehicle and you buy another vehicle and then yeah. the cash comes in and buy another vehicle or you, yeah. you know, just all those investments. Um, and I think we're past most of those. And, and so the next few weeks, we're really just going to be, uh, focusing on executing with the structure that we built, um, yeah. the, the guys that we have, the jobs that we have, and we're still continuing to bid a lot of new work. Um, and when we need get to that point where we need another service guy, I, um, which I think is coming up soon, then that will continue to, to grow that, but it'll be, for, I think from this point forward, a little bit more measured focused growth versus, uh, just kind of outward expansion in all directions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, my husband and I are in business together. We have a, a residential construction business in, in Los Angeles and okay. we started it almost 15 years ago now. And he came to me, we were newlyweds and I was uh, pregnant and he's huh. like, uh, we're going to start the business out. And it was the great recession. It was 2008. Mm -hmm. I was like, you're yeah. crazy. You're insane. This is not the time to do this. Uh, but we did. And it, it was terrifying. Yeah. Um, but when Robert starts to meet the road and you see the gaps that you've identified in, in, in the market and you capitalize on them and then things are just coming to you, you have to go with the energy of that. And yeah. I mean, something is, is absolutely happening in your business and you, you need to keep going. You need to keep going. You know, what I've appreciated about your experience, you know, with GE in, you know, in the military is you've, you've seen the big scale of things. And it sounds like you're implementing that, that top-down approach in your business instead of just like bottom up. You're not this guy who opened up a business in his truck and is like servicing these clients out of that one truck. Like you really come down and on our, it sounds like you're establishing a business from that top down. What, what makes you really excited about the establishment of the business, having had so much exposure to really big systems? Um, what's exciting is that every process that we design, everything that we do, I'm thinking about it, not with how can we execute this with four electricians running service, but how can we do it with 40, 50, 100? Right. So how everything, everything we try to do, how can we make it scalable? How can it be a process that's not reliant on one person as much as this is the process? Um, and so we actually have been working with uh, an HR and safety consulting firm to help design a lot of those processes. So we built the mm -hmm. employee handbook, the IIPP job sure. descriptions, um, so that, you know, if somebody needs to leave for whatever reason, well, here's the job description, right? So we, I kind of, I joke, I started off with. Um, the office manager's position, uh, where Kelsey just does, you know, anything that we need, but we actually now have a defined scope for, for her role and what she does, got one for the fuel estimator and, and everything like that. So we're building a lot of JDs, um, to help in that scalability. But what's exciting is when you design it like that, and then you start to actually see it happen. And then it works. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, yes. Uh, or, or it doesn't work and we make a quick pivot which is, you know, a two minute well, But either way, it's, it's a, it's do. a binary result, right? Like it either works yeah. or it doesn't. And then whatever that result is, then you pivot and move, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like we've that. changed our pricing structure once or twice, um, based off of customer feedback. Um, not what I think Up that they down. want. Um, 
both. Like as example, because we we started off with just residential service, and now we're doing resi and commercial service. Um, mm -hmm. And then same thing for uh, construction and um, the energy solutions. It's residential and, and commercial. Um, and my my first thought when I for an example, we, we kind of look at our service calls as two types. It's either diagnostic, you know, something's not working, come out, fix it, or it's um, kind of discretionary call. Um, we'd like to look at how much it would cost to anything for putting an EV charger to new lighting, um, upgrades, stuff like that, new panels. Um, there's a cost to send an electrician out. And so it was a, we got a trip charge to come out regardless of the type of call. Um, and we'll give you an estimate for those discretionary ones. And if you accept the estimate, we'll deduct that trip charge from the final estimate. So you've freaking figured that out in year one. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> Right. Because what we found was probably 90, 95% of the customers were like, no, no, free estimate. I don't like, and we were losing, I mean, I remember two days where we lost 21 customers straight. They declined to book with us because everyone else is giving free estimates. And it's like, okay, so that may not, this isn't what I think the customer wants, but it's pretty clear at this point in time, customers are not willing to pay for an estimate. So you know, if right? there's one, I think that's one of the top five things in the industry that if, if I could change, be gone overnight, it's that. It's this free estimate thing because who works for free? Like, I want to know what homeowner, what was the last time they worked for free? And do they not understand that it takes time, effort, money, energy to come out, spend the dedicated time with the home, with the homeowner, and then come back to the office and draft up that estimate? That's, that's minimum four hours, minimum yeah, yeah. four hours. And those are hours that homeowners just feel so incredibly entitled they do. to. And they yet, if you ask them when was the last time they worked for free yeah. or they would come to my office and file for four hours, it just wouldn't happen. If there's anything, it's probably the top five things in our industry. I would say so we're, we're, getting our, we're getting her fired up now. We're getting her fired up right now. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. And, and so, and I'll, I'll take you back to October when, you know, I saw that gap in the market and we kind of identified, I did, I used SurveyMonkey and, and surveyed a, a bunch of people in the area uh, about their service experiences and, and what they were looking for. Um, and we kind of came up to the four, um, the four, the four values that we're trying to structure our company around. And number one is if they, if they call, we answer, right? Yeah. So we were available, which, which meant, um, Right, Kelsey, the office manager, Kelsey, I, when the customer calls, you answer the phone. doesn't matter yeah. if you're in a meeting with, you tell me to shut up and go answer the phone, right? Yeah. Because everything, it's a backseat to pick up the phone. Number two is we want to offer same day, next day service, if at all Ooh. possible. Um, number three was we want to show up when we say we're going to show up. Do what you say you're going to do. And number four was we want to focus on quality work, fixing it right the first time. Um, mm -hmm. So... All the electricians we've hired, um, we've been we've been very very um, selective in in terms of the the folks that we hire. Like uh, at the start, I I wouldn't hire a B plus electrician. It had to be an A plus. It had to be an A plus, and we'll pay we'll pay for the A plus. And it's a union shop. I started a union shop um, for for a few reasons, which is probably may raise some eyebrows um, along along among a lot of folks because it's a higher cost structure. Yeah. Um, Number one, the union, I pay for engine and uh, the benefits, but the, the benefits are provided through the union, right? So the retirement, the benefits, everything that these guys get, um, 
I say guys, guys and gals, um, everything that they get is far better than even a mid-sized business could offer, right? Uh, the IBW offers outstanding retirement and healthcare benefits for their, for their folks. Um, and yeah, it's a higher wage structure, but I'm okay with that. What I wanted to do was pay for the best guys that I could, guys and gals I could possibly get. Um, and so, I mean, we actually pay above the union pay scale in a lot of cases. Um, yeah. but what I don't have to worry about is employee turnover. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a culture where the guys feel like, yeah, they're held to a high standard, but they're also appreciated and taken care of. Um, so I don't, I don't worry about the turnover and I have the confidence that regardless of how difficult the job or the customer may be, I can send any one of my, my team and I know they're going to get the job done and take care of the customer. So I would rather deal with the bit of a higher pay structure, higher uh, cost of goods sold than I would pay guys 19 bucks an hour, 17 bucks yeah. an hour for a seven year experience guy and just churn them through the meat grinder and find new guys. Um, yeah. Right. Well, so it's let me, quality. Yeah. It's, it's uh, the four values I think are incredible. And I just want to repeat them for any contractor that's out there. It's listening because again, I want this to be a resource for anyone yeah, listening yeah. is if, there, if someone's calling, answer the phone. Yeah. You're winning by answering the phone because Rob's over here calling 15 guys and no one's, no one's picking up. Number two, same day, next day. That's a little bit more niche to you, right? Like some of, a lot of contractors have capacity issues and you can't deliver on that. Number three, do what you say that you're going to do. If you said you're going to show up tomorrow at 8 a.m., you're going to be there at 8 a.m. Yep. And number four, focusing on quality and you deliver that by hiring the best quality. But I'm going to pivot here and how do you set up your clients for the right expectation? Do you go through any kind of process to qualify your clients or do you just take anyone? Because clients like, you know, your employees can represent you and they can either be a joy to work with or your worst nightmare. Do you do yes. anything to qualify your clients? We, we do. Um, so we have kind of a, a script um, to, to follow anytime uh, we answer the phone and talk to the customer um, in terms of everything from payment, you know, payment for, especially for the, the resi customers, payments due when we are done. We take, accept cash credit check, but when we are finished with the work, that's when the payment is due. Um, we lay out our rates, uh, obviously that we can't give, hey, my light switch isn't working, what's it gonna cost? But we'll let them know, here's the diagnostic fee for us to come out and do the work and then we'll, we'll stop and give you a bid once we figure out what the problem is and you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's, it's just that, that conversation with the customer to make sure that number one, their problem is something we can handle. So we turn people away. Um, my AC is not working. Okay. We can come out and check that your AC units are getting the, the right power. But if you're looking for somebody to diagnose the AC unit itself, I'm sorry, we can't do that. Um, a lot, a lot of stuff like that, right? We make sure that it's within the scope of what we can provide. We try to market our scope accurately. Um, just qualify mm -hmm. that on the phone. We set the expectations with them as well. Um, our, our CRM software is set up to, um, really focus on communication. So when we take the call and we book it, they get an immediate confirmation email and a calendar invite. Um, we set up one hour appointment windows. So we know that the electrician will be arriving between, you know, eight to nine, mm -hmm. 10 to 11, one to two and three mm -hmm. to four. Um, do the guys run late sometimes? Yeah, of course. Um, but we let the customer know before their appointments span that we're running late and usually it's not a problem. Um, it's when, and what do you, yeah. what do you think clients who hire, who are hiring you, your company, what's the thing that they need to know before they hire you? 
I think it's, it's, it's the cost structure for, for the most part of, you know, what's this going to cost? Um, and a lot of times we can't tell them what it's going to cost ahead of time, but we can tell them what the cost will be to find out how much it's going to be. Uh, and you, you hear enough of the same complaints generally of an idea. Here's what it most likely is. And so it's going to be ballpark around this price. They just don't want a surprise, mm-hmm. right? They yeah. don't want you to come out and yeah. tell them it's going to be $4,000 to fix this light switch. Yeah. Um, as long as they're not surprised, um, it seems to work out pretty well. For but, sure. you know, I want to take us back to that, that estimate, you know, the, the, uh, the cost, how you have to absorb that. Um, I, I want to see you uh, fire it up again is, is what I want. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Don't Let's get do me it. started. Um, Don't get me started. So what we decided to do was differentiate based off of speed. Um, right. We're, we, we have to obviously build the cost of going out for a free estimate into our estimate. Um, right. It's not a significant cost, but I mean, certainly if you're doing 30 or 40 estimates a week, it, it, it adds up. Um, and so we're differentiating by speed. So we're, we're seeing that we can take the call, book it, get out and give the customer an estimate before they've even gotten a call back from another contractor, yeah. um, which leads to a, I think a pretty good close rate of over 80% yeah. for all the estimates we're providing. Um, so that was our initial answer to that. When sure free estimates, we just got to turn it around. You're calling us today. We'll be out there this afternoon. We'll give you the estimate today or tomorrow morning. Yeah. Um, How do you do that? Do you have a software? Yeah. That- yeah. Yeah, we built all the, the labor codes, all the materials into the software. Um, we have some predefined job codes. And so we started off with the electricians being able to build the estimate right there, right there on their phone. Um, it sends a digital copy to the customer. They can sign it on their phone and accept it, which triggers us to procure the materials, apply for permits if necessary, and schedule the follow-up. Um, so we got a good process for that. Yeah, I love um, all the technology. Yes, yeah. it, it helps a lot. But then what we discovered was, all right, so I got, I got electricians that are out carrying tool bags have all this experience and, and skill and they're spending 40% of their time, not doing any work, just building estimates, building estimates of the truck. Um, yep. And so I, I kind of looked for the unicorn out there. I need a guy that, or gal that is experienced with electrical work, specifically residential. Um, but they're not going to do the work. They just want to provide estimates. And mm-hmm. I, I found one, I, I found um, through a referral, a C10 license holder. Um, who's been doing resi work for 20, 25 years, Coast Guard veteran, got a bad knee, um, didn't want to do the work anymore because it just kills the, the knee. Um, so put him into a hybrid electric vehicle and his job is he goes around and, and he meets with the customers and builds estimates and cranks the estimates out. And of course, we have to establish a process for all the information flow from him to the electrician um, so that when they go and do the accepted estimate, they got the materials there for them um, and they know what they're supposed to be doing, right? In terms of drawings, plans, et cetera. Um, yeah. That's helped out a lot, which has given us a little extra capacity for the electricians um, and allowing us to respond quickly to those estimates. And then we get a little consistency with the estimates as well. Because I'll tell you what, yeah. you could put, uh, take any trade, three plumbers, three electricians, three uh, mechanical guys, you put them into a room and say, here's what the customer needs. They're all going to come up with three different solutions of how mm-hmm. it should be done. Mm-hmm. And they will fight about it. And in terms of their experience, <laughs> code, inspectors, ease of install, um, it's it's uh, kind of humorous, actually, because um, they're all three good solutions, right? It's just different ways to skin the cat. Right. Um, right. But now we got some consistency on it. Um, yeah, so that, that's, that's kind of how we that recommended that. Do you think that there's any reason 
for any single trade contractor out there to not be able to deliver same day estimates because it's way harder for a general contractor to do it, right? Like we have, if we're building a house, I mean, we've got like 20 trades, but like, is there any reason a single trade contractor, an electrician, a plumber, HBC should not be able to produce a same day estimate? Uh, Obviously the scope has to be smaller, right? Because we get Mm -hmm. um, requests for estimates all the time for new home constructions, major remodels, right? And that goes through a separate estimating process, right? That's the estimating software and you're you're building your takeoff and estimating the hours of the manpower. Then you got to send the material list out to bid and stuff like that. Yeah. Those, no, I mean, obviously that's not feasible for, for same day. Um, you know, it's, it doesn't matter how many people you throw at it. It's, you know, if it takes, if one woman is pregnant for nine months, you can't have three women and you're only pregnant for three months each, right? It still yeah. takes that whole <laughs> nine months. Um, but for the, the, the residential work or the smaller scope commercial stuff, um, I think it comes down to staffing. Uh-huh. Um, well, it's, it's stubbornness too. Because I'll tell you right now, there's a good percentage of this industry that isn't willing to uh, invest and learn about some of the software and technology that it takes yeah. to be that yeah. that quick and efficient, right? I mean, yeah. a lot of them are still out there on yellow pads, writing yeah. everything yeah. down. Carbon you know copies. I mean? and, and, and their little calculator, their yeah. little, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, Mike, I think calculator. that's a great point. I think yeah. that's a great point that there's, for some reason, our industry has stayed parked in 1970. Like, Robert, you, you've been talking about soft, like CRM. Yeah. You've been talking. You said we're going to need to put partners. a glossary underneath his, uh, <laughs> yeah. what, what yeah. CRM and SEO and yeah, all the, all the things. Marketing yeah. partners. Like yeah. those are very top down corporate, larger scale terms that is in every business. But for some reason, our construction contractor industry has stayed in 1970 while the people that we serve are, are, are here today and expects those, that same type of service. They, they do. And we have Amazon to thank for that. Um, in in a sense that, Hey, I, I see that I want it. I punch it into my phone. Push the button and it's in my door. I swipe right. And what do you mean? It's going to take two days to get here. That's ridiculous. (laughs) I need it this afternoon. I want a drone dropping it off at my house. Um, and that those expectations have been, I think, shaped, uh, which is why you want the free, why customers want the free estimates. Um, which is, I mean, we had a customer the other day, we went out Wednesday afternoon and Thursday morning at nine, we got them the estimate and they were displeased. Um, right. And it's, wow. Understand, you know, we'll, we'll, we will, we will try to do better. Uh, I felt, I felt like, uh, um, we'll try try to do better. How, you know, um, (laughs) no, I, let's, it's tough. No, for sure. But it, what it, I do tough. love about what you've done is, is if you've the problem solving of, of nature of, of what you've done, right? Like, yeah, there, there are plenty of people in the same mindset of, of, as, as Maricela, right? Like this is not a free estimate. The free estimates don't exist, right? Like this takes my time in it, but you, you went the other route. You said, okay, I'll, I'll give you the free estimate, but I'm going to find a way to be the fastest so that I can be okay. the first in your hands. So that yeah. you don't have an opportunity to see numbers from anybody else and you just do it because you like me and you see how efficient we are. And mm-hmm. if, if you're able to do all those things, guess what? Your cost can be eight, 10, 12% higher than anybody else because they're not seeing anything else and they're just doing it right. Because you're doing sure. it the right way. You're communicating, you're being fast. And so the, so rather than 
you know, charging for the estimate and then having to be the cheapest because they're getting estimates for everybody. And, yeah. and, you know, you cut your margin there. You're, you're fast, you're efficient, you're in their face, not in their face in a bad way, but yeah, you're, you you're in their hands, right? Yes. Quickly. Yeah. And, and you can charge a little bit more for that. And I think, yeah. I, I love you the problem solving nature of that yes. or the way that you want to win about that, right? Rather mm -hmm. than just, uh, rather than just succumbing to the, to the market, you said, okay, I'll do it, but I'm going to do it my way, right? There's a little yeah. bit different way to do it. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I just, I want to lean into the fact that qualifying your client is even ever more important when you're being so super service oriented, because there are yeah. those, those homeowners that like 9am on a Thursday morning, less than 24 hours and they're disappointed. And for me and my business, I just don't want to work with those people because those people will always see me like the help and I'm not the help. I'm far too educated and I have way too much value to be seen as I am your partner. And yes. I, I lean way more into like qualifying my, my homeowner so that they see me as an equal and not a person yep. that's just coming in as their help. Agreed. Agreed. You know, one of the things we're trying to work on is uh, virtual estimates. Um, so trying to figure out what the right process is uh, for that. Because yeah, you take a, an electric vehicle charger, right? I mean, EV chargers, they can, they can take 40 minutes to install, right? If um, a lot of the new homes in California have the raceways built, you take the look at the panel in the, or sub panel in the garage. And it, I mean, it's as simple as, you know, there's, like I said, there's already the raceway. You, you pull yep. two or three feet of number six wire through there, put the right yep. breaker on and done. And so it could be very cheap and affordable for the customer. Um, but then you could take older houses where the panel's outside and there's barely enough capacity. Um, and it's 125 foot wire run um, outside and under the house or through the attic space. And right. So you could look at a four to $500 job. You could look at a 1500 to $2,000 job EV charger. Um, and I'd love to, and we're doing 10, 12 EV chargers a week right now. Um, wow. easy. And, um, I'd love to figure out a way where we could do online estimates for yeah. uh, a lot of these, um, you know, we're, gonna, we're doing stuff, but there's up. not a good process. We're going to, we're going to, we're, yeah, we're going to talk after this. Yeah. Um, and if, and if before we talk, you need to go listen to, um, Aaron Giovanni, uh, one of my, one of my guests, one of my podcast guests, he, uh, he is a, a service plumber by trade and they developed an app where they basically, uh, it's like a FaceTime call with, uh, with one of their plumbers and they could walk you through um any sort of you know minor plumbing issue and then i mean there's there's ar built into where like they can take a picture or show a picture of a piece of pipe or an adapter or whatever faucet and uh it automatically creates a ticket and a and an invoice for home depot where these people can go pick up those parts they tell them how to do all that kind of stuff um so anyway the technology is built there where you can virtually communicate with uh the service technician and then if it takes something beyond what the homeowner can do on their own then you know he, he does uh, all the the work as far as estimating and okay and, uh, I, i'd love out. to check that out right because i feel like some of these it, it takes the uh a field estimator gosh five minutes on site and yep. he's able to kind of measure but that was out a 35 the, minute the drive and six dollars a gallon of gas and mm -hmm. yep. yes and if we could figure out how to get a lot of that info virtually, um, mm -hmm. then we can, we can build the estimate and not have to, uh, 
send somebody out, which is better for the customer as well, right? They don't have right. to either take time off of work or step away from their he office. 100% white label the, the software. Like that's kind of where, he, where he's at now. He's, yeah. he's, he's done the proof of concept and it for a couple of years, but. I love um, that idea. Yeah, no, he cool. would, uh, you guys should talk for sure. Yeah. Cool. That's what I love about this thing, man. We're creating a network yeah. in a community and look at this. For sure. So good. Perfect. Um, Let's Mike, get into rapid fire. Can we get Let's some get rapid, rapid fire? I'm going to throw out some rapid fire questions to you, okay. Robert. And again, like piggybacking on what Mike is saying, like these are really great conversations to have hearing yeah. experiences from contractors and, you know, how we relate and where we're different so that it's eventually it's so that it's just a platform and a resource center. Like mm -hmm. Mike's going to connect you with this, like that's freaking money, that that's yeah. currency. So, um, on, on the tone of trying to be resourceful, we just kind of want to see something that, that you're doing uh, that work for you. So rapid fire, I'm going to throw out four different questions to you and you just give me what you got. Um, first question is what is one resource that you can't do your business without? What's one, it can't be a person and it can't be internet because everybody's like, of course, oh, but what's a yeah. resource that you're using for your business that your business can't survive without it? Our CRM platform. That's easy. I was going to say, I knew it was what going there. What are you there. using? Yeah. I know. I yeah. swear. It was so yeah. good. Uh, what yeah. are you using and why? Uh, we use it. It's called Field Pulse, uh, one word. Um, and it was, it was uh, I, I screened and checked out, uh, tested a, a lot of them um, in, you know, in, in March and April. Um, but it, it's, uh, it was a platform designed for contractors, specifically small businesses. Um, and so, right, with customers can book online through the, the Field Pulse app which is you know embedded in our website um but i mean you got all the, the customers on there um so you can everything is uh the the, the root uh is it's all indexed by the customer name um so we you can look at a customer history and see all the jobs that we've done or all the invoices or all the estimates we build the estimates through it we uh have gps tracking for the fleet through it we do all the invoicing it syncs up with uh our bookkeeping software um it's got, it's got basically everything in it. We have a whole inventory list. You can do inventory management through it as well as all your pricing. So this is like um, CRM on steroids. This isn't just like CRM. This it's, is. It's an operational CRM. I mean, yeah, you yeah. could, I mean, obviously something like Salesforce is mm. just not cost effective for a company right. our size. Right. Um, even something like Service Titan, um, not really for our size yet, but I mean, this works perfectly in, in the sense that, um, I mean, this is what the uh, electricians and the estimator, they build their estimates in, right? So they can do it all on the phone. Um, that's how they manage, route their calls. Uh, do you think it works for different uh, industries or different? Um, yeah, they do plumbing, trades. mechanical, okay. and uh, right. electrical. Um, and it's really user-friendly because I, I, I can think of different companies I've worked for where you have the, uh, the CRM platform, which was designed for the data crunchers, uh, which is uh, certainly important when you're, you know, servicing hundreds of thousands of customers yeah, just a year, millions of right? user friendly. But man, I would see yeah. technicians in the field. They said, "Yeah, it took me an hour to do the job, and it took me two hours to figure out how to debrief the call." Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we wanted something that was going to be easy. I mean, it takes me like a half hour to train a new electrician up on it, and they're mm -hmm. usually their first day. They got a few questions, and then they they got it. We even accept payment through it. Uh, so it's so got perfect. embedded credit card processing, stuff like that. So, it, All right, so for anyone, pulse. yeah. So yeah. for anyone listening, CRM, customer relationship management, right? And, and in, a, in an industry where communication literally sets you apart from being the best contractor to the worst contractor, right? I mean, I think 
the both yeah. both of you as contractors could could agree with that, right? Communication mm-hmm. is paramount. For sure. What, what are the? I think one of the <gasps> most undervalued pieces of a CRM because as an operator, you see it like my my takeoffs and my estimates and my and my uh, purchasing and all that kind of stuff, right? That that stuff is huge for you, but on, on the front end, from a from a customer relationship standpoint those those triggers where you can automatically send updates or automatically send communication yeah. or you know without without anything it just it they're, they're triggered as the job progresses based on how you guys operate inside that i think that is probably one of the most undervalued things of a crm especially for a contractor oh yeah, keeping it's great that customer when, up to when we, up when to we book the appointment date. um you hit a button and it sends the appointment confirmation email and calendar yep. invite um, so good when the electrician's on the way, he hits a button and it sends him a text with his location, <sighs> like Uber or Grubhub. Um, yep. When they, um, if they, when they pay, they automatically get the invoice marked paid and all that other kind of stuff with a link for a survey and a review and all that kind of stuff. It, it's just, it, it automates a lot of stuff. That Yeah, it, Robert, that's bringing yeah. the Amazon experience to yeah. Yeah. A, to that 1970s to what you do. Uh, industry. Yeah, to that smaller night. scale, but yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. Yes, that's incredible. Yeah. And Field Pulse, if you want to give us a call for sponsorship, uh, right. Mike and I are listening. <laughs> Rapid fire <laughs> segment sponsor by Field Pulse, yeah. <laughs> All right. What's the best advice someone has given you? Are we talking about related to the business? Whatever you want. <laughs> Whatever. Um, if I'm being if I'm being honest, I'd rather just hear something from the military because that's probably the yes, fun. Can we but, please? Yeah, whatever whatever you want to do though, it's on you. It's just it's it's very just there's no excuses for anything. You you own it. If if something screws up, it's your fault. Figure out why and fix it. There's like never ever pass blame on somebody else. Why why aren't you making enough money? Well, the customers want free estimates. No, that's that's they I haven't found the solution to how we can overcome that. So anything that happens in your world take ownership for it, take, take responsibility. Because every problem is a leadership problem, right? Everything. Yes. And so if one of my guys screws up, it's my fault, right? Yeah. It's my fault. Yeah. I didn't train him properly. I didn't equip him properly. I didn't prepare him properly. Um, so that's the best advice I could, that I've ever yeah. received uh, for, for anything. Incredible. There are no excuses. No. It's yours to own and to figure out. And every yeah. problem is a leadership problem. But those two things are like hand in glove. Those are, yep. those are credit. Ugh. Credit again goes to uh, Mr. Willink for that, Jocko, for that, that <laughs> statement. All right. Uh, is there a book or podcast that you love? I do. I, I, I since we're on that, that's a good segue. Um, I, I, there's a lot that I, I listen to and, and like, uh, you know, I, I, I've always enjoyed the Tim Ferriss show as an example and mm-hmm. uh, Joe Rogan, but I, I like the, the Jocko podcasts uh, a lot because I, um, number one, in terms of military history, the way that he goes through the podcasts, I learn on every single one of those stuff that they didn't yep. know. Um, but I, I, I learn every single podcast of his that I, that I listen to. Um, I learned something about leadership. Um, sometimes I remember things that I've forgotten, um, mm-hmm. from my experiences. Um, but yeah, that's, that was just awesome. That's really good to know. It. And, and the name of yeah. the podcast is Jocko. Yeah. J-O-C-K-O. Yep. Yeah. J-O-C-K-O. Those are my favorite kind of yeah. podcasts. Like those podcasts where I, man, I just grew. Right, I just, re- I just read yeah, a book. Good. Yes, I just read a book. All right, you, and- even if you don't know his name, I'm sure you've seen him on TikTok or on Reels or any of those. He's he's got a lot of clips out there. You, you would does, recognize yeah. him if you saw him, Marisol. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Last question. Um, you have a lot of responsibilities. You're a father. You're a husband. You're a business owner. Um, 
what is the habit that you have that is all your own that fills your cup so that then you can pour into others? What do you do to keep yourself sane? Um, I don't do it consistently enough, um, but uh, I like getting up early and working out before anyone else is awake. What um, time is it? What time is it? Usually 530. Um, okay. And, and uh, do that. But I would love to be able to sit here and say that that is every single day. Um, and it's what's not, your goal I, forever? What's your goal? Like in a week? I mean, I don't well, work like, out like every day. Seven days. Seven days. <laughs> like even Saturdays and Sundays is, is, is my goal. Um, and then and, what's your average? You know, I, I mean, if I'm honest, there was uh, three months um, from like May through a few weeks ago that. On, on or about was, May 2nd, that started, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honor about May second, which is which is terrible. It's it's a it's a lack of discipline on my part that I need to do wow. a lot better job with. I mean, life happens, though, right? Like you, you've got other priorities. You've got It is because I'll, I'll tell you what I what I find is every single day that I get up early and I work out, work goes better. Yeah, my kids behave better. Yeah. Uh, Everything goes better. So I don't know what the correlation is, except perhaps I handle the day better. You do. <laughs> Obviously, that's what it is, right? Is, is when, you that, do. when that happens. Um, and it's right. But I'm not uh, consistent to practice enough what, what I preach. All right. So that's, yeah. that's one of the things that I try to work on. Uh, are is, you a cardio guy? Or are you a weight guy? Like, what do you, are you a CrossFit guy? What do you do? I'd say more CrossFit. It's a, okay. more, more of that. I mean, I have a home gym and so I do my stuff there, but um, yeah. I used, I was a, um, I was a runner at Annapolis. Uh, and so that's kind of my favorite thing to do. But as I get older, the knees don't seem to handle the miles as well. Yeah. And, rough uh, on the knees. I'm a runner too. Yeah. It's rough on the knees. But that, I yeah. think the message I want to give to anyone listening, any contractor out there, any business owner is that you have to carve out some time for yourself yeah. like that. And you cannot, you know, pour from an empty cup and having that hour, if it's 530 in the morning or three o'clock in the morning, whatever it is, you got to find that time to do it. And you're a better, better husband, better father, better leader, yeah. better business owner. Um, you're better at client relations. All of it is, is better when, when you do those things. And, and that's all I got. I, I want to say like, I, like this conversation was, it, it filled my cup today. Oh, that, that, like I'm you're incredibly resourceful. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I learned um, and, and really just I expanded my my lens of that reminder of things need to be top down instead of bottom up, which is definitely one of my my ethos. So congratulations, thank, dude. Thank you're, you. you're in it. You're doing a great job. Um, I'm going to be following and, and looking for you. Well, I, I appreciate it. It was a pleasure to be on. It's great talking to you both today. No, it was awesome, Robert. We appreciate it. So let's uh, before we go, give everybody a. Uh... A shout out. Let's help out those SEOs. How do they find you? How do they get a hold of you? What uh? <laughs> uh so www.tridentelectricservice.com. Okay. Um, and we have a pretty solid web presence and we're servicing right now just all of the, from a service perspective, all of the greater Sacramento area. And then from a construction perspective, all of Northern California. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. Very cool, man. Yeah. Well, Rob, Thank it's you. been awesome. We appreciate it. Um, Again, thank you for your service, both uh, in the military and, and what you're doing in, in the electrical world. And uh, and uh, we hope to hope to see you guys in the next couple of years and, and look forward to seeing where you guys are at. I think uh, 
It's going to be fun. Give me a good Thanks, ride man. for sure. Yeah. All right. Adelante. Thanks, Rob. Have a good one. All right. You too. Stay safe. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening. If you had a good time, be sure to hit that subscribe button to get all the latest episodes. And if you had a really good time, leave a review to let us know what you thought. Until then, go gather some crazy stories on your job sites, and we'll see you next time on So You Want to Be a Contractor. Contractor.